This is the Great Escape Podcast, Episode 3. We are go for liftoff in T-30. systems are In this episode, I'm talking to Sarah Riley. Sarah's story of escape from corporate hell, of significant health issues, and now running her own successful training business is really one that I hope will inspire you and encourage you wherever you are and whatever challenges you're facing. So Sarah, tell me about your life before Inspired. Okay, well, I suppose I am, I was certainly like a lot of other people that I found myself in a situation that had just kind of evolved over time and I'd found myself somewhere that I didn't really want to be necessarily. Uh, In terms of a work scenario, I was working for a corporate uh, government industry and I'd landed a job that was quite a good job for my area. I was very grateful to have the job. You know, my dad kept telling me, you need a pension, you need a pension. So of course I got a job with a pension and it was stressful. There were long hours, um, there were office politics, it was, you know, good and bad points of the job. But there was this pivotal moment when I was sitting at my desk and I was looking out the window and the the window where I was sitting every day had a whole bunch of trees outside and they would always swish in the wind and I always found myself looking out at these trees and being at my desk and feeling trapped at my desk when actually I just wanted to get outside. I wanted to get out and be in the grass and out with the trees in the forest at the beach and the beach was my passion, is my passion, it's still something that I really love. So I spend every weekend or I spent every weekend certainly then racing to the beach constantly because in the week I was just trapped in my job so I would race to the beach every single weekend spend the whole weekend down there always camping always with friends if possible but I didn't care about going on my own I would do it whatever happened it's what I would do so I started to think to myself one day when I was sat at my desk and I was looking out of the window at the trees and I was thinking why why am I having to be here what is it that's keeping me here and what could I do to make a shift that I could experience those things whenever I wanted without actually having to ask for permission to have time off or ask if I could leave or have a holiday or whatever it might be. It's, I just hated to have to do that. I wanted to have my freedom back. And so I'm really lucky. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. They've had various businesses so I've been brought up in a whole food business and I've been brought up in a hospitality business and so I know what it's like to run my own business and I loved the freedom that they showed my family showed me they had running these businesses so that's when it really started to hit home that if I really wanted to make the change I was so desperately after that I had to grab control of my life. And how could I do that? Grab control of my income and my ability to be able to have freedom. And starting my own business really was the way that I saw my escape plan. And that's really what started this whole journey. When I think back, that was kind of a pivotal moment. And all those 
mo terrible moments of office politics and everything else and being in a meeting room when it's absolutely sweltering and beautiful outside when I should have been on the beach that's those were those moments that kind of created this momentum inside of me to make that change so you you'd made the decision to change what slow how long did that take before you actually did something it took a bit of time I would have to say I am typical of many that I procrastinated I was scared I was fearful you know what if was constantly going through my mind what if I failed what if you know I'm going to lose my pension I'm going to lose my income I'm going to lose all these things and you know I'm someone who tries to seek perfection but now I know that perfection is just a barrier it's a barrier and it stops us moving forward because we're so scared of not being perfect in what we're trying to do or achieve so now I don't care about perfection anymore I do it whatever I seek perfection where I can but I don't let it stop me and so the thing that kind of helped me understand that it was possible was my family and and what they'd achieved over time and the businesses that I'd been involved in with them and yet I was still being kind of held back by this fear the fear factor which actually also came from my family too particularly my father who had the very best intentions for me and he is the most amazing generous wonderful father but his he gave me this language this inner voice inside of me of don't leave the pension don't leave the security don't leave that you know it's rock solid job you know that you could end up with nothing and you know this was not something that I wanted to end up with but the fear inside of me just stopped me just moving stopped forward so you'd you decided that change had to happen you'd understood that there was a way forward and in a way you'd already worked out what that way forward was it was to be running your own business and, and what you're now talking about is actually that self-belief you, you seem to be stuck not believing that you can do it yeah self-belief is definitely something that I even struggle with now even though I've achieved a lot and I'm being told that I've achieved a lot Every time I take a new step, I really do struggle with confidence, self-confidence, self-belief. Will I be good enough? And certainly back then it was even worse because I was attempting or thinking through doing something that I'd never done before. I didn't know if it would work. I thought I might let people down around me. I thought I might let my family down, myself down, all of those things. And so the self-belief really was, it was like chains around my feet and heavy weights dragging me back. And now I realize that I was just really putting myself out of my comfort zone. I was putting myself into a place of vulnerability. And vulnerability and putting yourself in that place of being uncomfortable, when you're there, you know that you're striving for something worthwhile. I believe that everything worthwhile is outside of your comfort zone. That is my firm belief. So if I start to feel uncomfortable, rather than fearing it now, I actually feel that it's something to be embraced because I know that I'm, I'm moving forward and new things are on the horizon for me. New things are coming my way, coming my direction. 
because I'm feeling that sense of, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Where am I going? So I kind of, I have learned to understand that and read that and kind of go, okay, this is going to be interesting. There's new stuff coming now, even though it feels really, you know, really nerve wracking. So yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've really learned is to not be afraid of that sense of vulnerability. I think that's where the magic happens and that's where the change happens. Okay, so was there a moment where you suddenly thought, I can do this, where you began to believe that you could? There wasn't any one particular moment because I had a life experience that kind of jumped in and kicked me off my feet. So it was a bit of a strange one. I had... uh, I had at that point, I'd met my husband, um, I'd met him down at the beach actually. And so I was spending my time running between um, my husband and my, my work, my corporate job. And, and I had two children. So I had a two year old and a two and a half week old. And I damaged my neck one day, just out of the blue, no warning, damaged my neck, which created a vortex of blood in my neck. And then that turned into a clot which traveled to my brain and I had a a major stroke and it's something that today you know I look back and it was just a hideous time but you know we get through these things one step at a time but during that time there was a point where I couldn't walk I couldn't talk properly and I certainly couldn't think properly I couldn't think straight and it was like someone had taken a big rubber and gone into my brain and rubbed loads of things out. I couldn't even remember how to unlock doors. I couldn't remember to do all these things that I'd done without even thinking automatically. And yet it wasn't there anymore. The knowledge wasn't there anymore. So I had to learn, relearn all of those things as well as trying to take care of my two very young children. And my husband was carrying all on his shoulders because he was having to protect everybody and shield us all and and so it was a really dark dark time but I'm not going to dwell on that because it was horrible (laughs) but the and and I know that I'm not the only one that's gone through this you know we've all as you have Stu you've had your major things that have happened in your life one after the other after the other other people have too and we've all had these challenges we've all had these journeys that we've had to overcome and get through but I think more than anything, it was um, it was that thing of, okay, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to tackle it? How am I going to think more positively? Because I'm starting to go into a dark tunnel, a bit of a vortex. I'm going down. There's this thing called post-stroke depression, which is almost mm-hmm. like a post-traumatic stress disorder. It's the same kind of thing, same um, idea that once you have a major stroke and it messes with your brain chemicals and and all the signals and then you suddenly go downhill and no one tells you about it until you suddenly are in it so you know it's crazy so and and I didn't get any support with it either but what I did find is that when I was writing about things I'm a bit of a prolific writer so I love writing and I was writing about uh camping and glamping and being under the stars and being in with family and with loved ones outside in nature those were the things that really made me feel inspired and happy and gave me this sense of wonder when I was thinking about it as well as doing it but at this point in my life I couldn't do it I could only think about it so I started writing and my chosen mode of writing is a typewriter my computer and so 
I started writing, 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 I, I all the time, constantly doing it. And so I started blogging. So I started blogging on something at my site called Inspired Camping. So I was just writing articles, all my beliefs around camping and glamping, being under the stars, all that stuff. But what I didn't realise was, as I was thinking about my memories and what I loved most about the joys of being outside and camping, it was travelling through my hands to my keyboard. I was typing about it. I was looking on the screen, seeing the words and reading them back and putting them back in my brain. And that circuit is something I didn't realise I was starting to start a process called brain plasticity. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time. But what it did was it helped to heal me. But it didn't just help to heal my brain and fix all the broken connections. It also helped me think in a more inspired and uplifting and bright way about the future. And so that's really kind of how it happened. That's really how I started to make the change happen. It was that moment of stroke and then dealing with it and trying to come out the other side and trying to heal myself that meant that I now had this wonderful resource which was inspired camping that had all my writing on it and then I started to get followers and people started having conversations with me and they started to believe in what I was saying and it was making them feel positive too with all their various challenges and they were starting to look forward to the future and so that's how it evolved it kind of evolved naturally from a very traumatic situation and actually, I've done a bit of research around this now, and I have found that after major trauma, there is this thing which often happens called post-traumatic change. And it's something you can look up on Google. It's actually got its own Wikipedia page, I think. And okay. it's all about when you've been through trauma, there's usually a period of change and growth afterwards. So if something is bad is happening to you or to others, you can kind of feel a little bit reassured that there will be something positive that will come out of it at the end. And I definitely witnessed that with my own situation. So you've you've started blogging and an inspired camping. And as usual, all of the links will be in the show notes. You have decided that this transition's got to happen. You've almost decided what it's going to be, although it sounds like it's morphing as time goes on, partly because of the trauma. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everything changes, doesn't it, as you move forward and it develops. And so the, it, it kind of happened at the same time that there was this big trend coming out glamping. And I was talking about glamping and I'm business qualified. So I was trained in business. It's the qualifications I did at university and it's something I'm very interested in. Obviously, my family were entrepreneurs. They had various businesses, which I was working in, had a very good work ethic and a foundation of business. And so naturally, I started to focus on business as well as pleasure on my site, on my website. So I started talking about the act of camping, but also about the act of setting up a business in the outdoor hospitality world. And I particularly focused on glamping because that was my area of interest. But it's also a dream that I had had before I was ill that I would have my own glamping business. And I'd done loads and loads of research. I'd interviewed people. I'd travelled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles speaking to different people who were already doing it in my local area and beyond. 
and just absorbing all the information that I could around setting up a glamping business. And then I started blogging and talking about that. And then people started saying, hey, I'm really interested in that. Could you give me a bit more information? And so I would start asking them, okay, so what kind of thing are you after? What's, you know, what do you need? What's of interest to you? And what are you struggling with the most right now? And so all of those answers kept coming in and people kept asking me more questions. And I started realizing, hey, I've actually got all this stuff, uh, all this information, all this helpful tips and steps and processes in place that I was going to use for myself, maybe I should start sharing that stuff. Maybe other people could actually use it. So that is how Inspired Courses happened because I decided uh -huh. to put together a site that would allow me to develop courses that would help people to do what I had hoped to do, but also other things that I was currently doing, such as making a success on the internet and marketing my business and doing Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff. So that's how Inspired Courses came about. So that even though they seem like two very different entities, one's talking about camping well, and the other one's talking about courses and business, but they all came from the same place, the same source. And yeah, so it's really interesting to see when I look back the journey and how that's developed and progressed over time. You know, I talk about in the six steps, well, step five of the six steps to freedom is to create a plan. But everybody I've spoken to has always said, whether they had a formal plan or just a kind of an idea of a plan in their head, the plan changes as soon as you start heading off down that road. And and how do you, you and you've mentioned earlier about your perfectionism, everything needing to be perfect, that and plans being flexible are often at odds with one another how do you find you cope with that yeah it's an interesting one and I'm I'm someone who now teaches all this stuff to people who want to set up in this area so I have I'm the one that says yeah business plan business plan really important but I also am a great believer in the inner voice and the inner passion and the have that as a foundation and always listen to that so that's really served me well I don't know if you've heard of Professor Bruce Lipton but he is an American professor. So in epigenetics, he has proven that we are influenced by our environment and that we have an inner, inner voice. So our inner consciousness is more powerful than our absolute consciousness, our you know, reality of daily life. So in fact, it's about 98% is our subconscious and the rest is conscious. So if you imagine that huge resource that's inside of us that we are not consciously aware of day to day, but occasionally we get that sense that we need to be making a decision or going in a certain direction. And some people call it their inner voice, or some people will call it their hearts in it, or their hearts not in it, or whatever it might be. And that inner voice is the thing that I love to listen to. I consider it my very wise friend. I almost think it's like my ancestors and me inside of me giving me their wisdom and moving me forward on the right path. And I know that sounds really woo-woo and really odd to some people who may not be kind of, you know, thinking around those terms. But for me, it served me really well. So I tend to have this sense of 
trying to get a bit of peace and quiet in my life where I can sit and really kind of focus on what is my inner self telling me to do? What is my voice telling me to do? What is my heart telling me to do? And although I do absolutely believe in business plans, I believe more in that inner voice and that inner wisdom. I think it's incredibly wise. I've always focused on listening to it and trying to grow it as well so I can hear it louder. And so if I look back in everything that I've done, every path that I've taken, it's always been because my inner voice and my inner passion has been telling me to do that thing. And then after I've taken that direction, my then my conscious brain then looks at the business side of doing that thing and the checklist and the steps and the processes and all that kind of stuff. But the ultimate decision at the very beginning is always from my inner voice. That's the thing that takes me forward. That's the thing that gives me my plan for what direction I'm going in. And it's really interesting because every now and again, when I reach a certain point and I've achieved certain things, I kind of go, hang on a minute, my voice has gone a bit quiet. And I just take that time to pull back on what I'm doing and just take a moment and try to say to my inner voice, okay, what are you trying to tell me? And sometimes it's, well, you need to just hang back a minute. You just need to rest and, you know, just stop pushing so hard. You don't need to push so hard, just kind of hang back. So no matter what, whether you're moving forward or you're not moving forward or you're standing still or whatever, your inner voice, I believe, my inner voice certainly, is there for a reason and it's telling us what we should and shouldn't do. And I personally believe that is core of everything, even if we don't know it. I think you're very, very right there. And certainly I've always been a fan of the business plan as being a living document, not something that you write, give to the bank manager and put in a drawer and never look at Absolutely. again. It should be something that's revisited all the time because you've got new information all the time. Yeah, I think it's um, it's quite interesting, actually, because over the time that I've been in this industry, it's I've realised that it's not just glamping. Obviously, I started in glamping and I started in inspire camping, but now it's moved into uh, hospitality in general. So in the time that I've been running my business, Airbnb has become massive. It's become this thing that has allowed so many people to earn an income from the property they have or buying property with the idea of renting it as holiday lets or whatever it is. And so it's now become much more. So glamping is obviously one niche element of it, but certainly all these other niches are coming up. So it could be retreats, it could be tree houses, it could be uh, huts, it could be cabins, it could be hideaways, it could just be someone's annex on the side of their house or their spare room. This is stuff everyone's making money from. But it's now becoming a bit more of a struggle as well. Uh, with people as they are wanting to make the change in their own lives and they've seen this as a way of doing it but all these companies now putting their prices up and it's harder and harder to kind of make a living out of it and to uh, move forward with uh, people wanting to do these things to change their own existence from their own corporate hell (laughs) and and so I suppose really that now my story is that I'm starting to diversify a bit more into helping other people in the broader sphere of hospitality and I think it's something that really does open opportunities for a lot of people if they are thinking that they want to make a change and move abroad if they want to make a change and move to the coast from the city all of these things can be done 
if they can find a place to live or rent a place to live where they can actually section an area off and give that to someone else to enjoy and for someone else to have a level of hospitality. And that can bring in an income which can help people secure a different direction in their own lives. So I've spoken to a lot of people in London who are wanting to get out of the city. They want to just do something new and different and they want to go to the coast or they want to be in the country or they want to, you know, make those changes to their life and they don't know how they're going to be able to replace their income. That can all be done with hospitality because just moving somewhere and using uh, something like Airbnb or other platforms as a way of attracting people to stay with them and to give them a lovely experience as well, that can bring in an income that can help people make these valuable changes to their own lives. So I think it's something that has helped me to change, but it's also opening the door for other people to make the changes that they want. And that's what I really love about it. It's a bit of a weird niche, I have to say. I do get that. People kind of go, uh, what do you do? And they don't quite get it fully. But I think when you see it in action, you see people have those aha moments that, oh my goodness, I can make the change in my life. All I need to do is, you know, maybe invest in a slightly bigger house or something with an annex or buy a bit of land and try and get, you know, permission to have some yurts on it, or whatever it might be. Then... they realise that there are things they can do and steps they can take to make big changes in their own lives. Grand. That's a really fabulous story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast, Stu. It's lovely to be here and your story is so fascinating and the things that you're going to do in the future are, I'm so excited to, to see it as it all progresses and I can't wait to find out more. Sarah, thank you for all of that. Really inspiring. Ouch, no pun intended. If you want to get in touch with Sarah, her contact details and other useful links are on the show notes, greatescapepodcast.com forward slash episode three. Please do share the podcast with anyone you know who is stuck in a rut and needs to escape. You can find us on all the usual podcast platforms and the website is greatescapepodcast.com. I'm Stuart Morris your change coach. Thanks very much for listening.